Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sporting 160 EN podcast. We're on episode 126, I believe. Um, I am your host, Sam Fonseca, filling in for Danny, who's still in Portugal. Uh, missing you, Danny. Um, we need to have you back soon. But as always, we've got um, my co-host, Chris. How are you doing? I am doing great, yeah. Miss you, Danny. Uh, I know you're having a, a good time, so I'm not too, uh, not too worried about you. Um, but yeah, another another week of sport thing. I guess we kind of this is more like a half week of of uh, since the last time you heard from us. So it's more like a half week of, of sport thing. Um, still a decent amount to talk about. Got a result back on track. Um, yeah, and another game um, in just five days. So or four technically, I guess. Yeah, um, we will hopefully have Steph joining us uh, in a bit. Um, he's not responded to our messages, but hopefully he will join us and we'll we'll just pretty much get straight into it now um we've got a few twitter questions thank you everyone for um ask, asking them um i'll get chris to answer some of them and i'll save some for steph as well let me just get um the correct tab which i believe is this one danny makes it seem so much like easier than it actually is okay speaking of the devil um uh, Chris, thoughts on Amarim's uh, transfer? Uh, sorry, thoughts on Amarim's policy when it comes to penalty takers and miss you boys. We miss you too, Danny. But uh, Chris, what do you think? Um, is the policy just let anyone ask Jovan if they can? Because <laughs> if that's the policy, then I guess it's cool as long as it works. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think Sporting's figured out who their penalty taker is since Bruno Fernandes left, which at this point is like a year and a half, two years now. Um, should probably get that sorted. Uh, so we can have some consistency, you know? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he said in press conferences that he only he let Poro take it as well because um, Jovan missed the last one against Vizela. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. But, um, I mean, I would like to have, like, a proper um, penalty taker. Um, but let's go to the next question. This um, Basically, this policy is how you end up with the, the Simon Vukcevic situation. Because then anyone who's feeling themselves can just be like, yo, give me the ball. Come on, man. I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. Like, you missed the last one. Give me the ball. Yeah. You need to have, a, a, like, a, a hierarchy, you know? You need to have yeah. a set, a two, two, or, two or three set takers, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, Lauren, who's in the chat, um, says, how would you rate Matus Rice performances versus Ajax Estrella out of 10? Um, we have been quite um, quite mean about Matus Rice, in, in all honesty. But... Um, <laughs> I, th I think he's definitely improved. I won't really count the Ajax game because we did get smacked. But what do you think of his performance against Estoril? You're just going to discard his man of the match performance like that? I mean, we did. Because it doesn't five. suit the agenda? <laughs> 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 nah, I mean, in all honesty, he was mediocre at best and slightly. In the Estoril game, I thought he was above his average. I, don't, I guess, are we rating him similar to Paulinho, how we evaluate Paulinho on, like, the sliding scale of his own performances, not the performances of what we would expect, like, a 13 million euro signing to be? It's, like, how did he play in comparison to, like, his other games? Yeah. If we're going by that, then I think he was slightly above average against Estudio. Out of 10, I'll give him a, a 5. Is that is that his best game in a sporting shirt, do you think? It's top 3, for sure. I mean, there's not many that comes to mind, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, speaking of Paulinho, um, Lauren also asks, how impressed have you been with Paulinho in the last couple of games? I mean, his performances have looked a lot more positive and he's better in front of goal. Um, we'll get into the game against us real later, but I think he was absolutely fantastic. You know, he was just very unlucky at points. 
you know, Estoril, I think, cleared three times off the line and Paulinho hit the post. Um, if, if we're talking about just Paulinho in general, not like the Paulinho games, like how would you rate it? How would you rate his performance against Estoril? And what do you think about him, especially this season? Do you think he's turning a corner or is it going to be same old, same old? Uh, I thought this game was good too. And I thought that I, I think he's had two of his better games back to back. So yeah, I guess we can only hope that he gets in, keeps staying in this rhythm and just gets a bit luckier because yeah, he, he could have easily had two goals. I think in this, in this game, um, he could have easily had two goals against Ajax. I mean, he's in, he's in better form than he has been for sure. And let's, yeah, let's hope he continues to improve. Sees the ball hit the net a couple times. That confidence will only go up, you know? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I thought he was going to take the penalty yesterday. Uh, I c- can't say I've seen him take penalties for Braga or anywhere else, but I thought it would be like nice of the confidence. But in the day Porra scored, Polina might have missed. You never know. Um, let's that would have been devastating. All the confidence we've built up in the last two games would have been immediately destroyed and then some, you know? Depends how badly the penalty is missed. Like, imagine if you just like, <laughs> skied it over the VAR or like, tried to go for a Panenka and just got saved. Basically, because and then it, then it'd be like he missed, and if we didn't get the result too, it'd be like really, yeah. really bad. Yeah, um, Richard Neves, uh, credit for the thumbnail. Shout out to Richard. Um, asked how not to the absence of Pote and Inacio. Um, he didn't get to watch the game, so just wanted some insight. Um, I'll take this one quickly. Um, I think we missed Pot as much as we we bash some of his performances. Sometimes when we need a goal, we've always got Pot to rely on. And in a way, that does sort of need to change recent uh, when like we, he's not there. So we need to sort of have a better game plan than that. But um, when you're taking out someone of Pot's quality, it's just it's obviously going to be a different difficult game because he can literally score from anywhere on the pitch. Um, and the same for Inacio, you know, he's just he's like a rocket um, at the defense, and I think he's very good with Coates and Vidal as well. Uh, Chris, what do you think about um, Pote and Inacio? Are we missing them too much, or do you think it's just natural? No, I definitely feel like we're we're missing Pot uh, probably more, to be honest. Inacio m- missed a lot, but he missed less in this one because we had Kowats back. So um, he Kowats is obviously the anchor, the main anchor, and the rest just provides support. Honestly, you could maybe even chalk up Matias Reyes looking a little bit better um, than normal because Kowats was there. I'm not sure. I just think Kowats helps everybody back there and is always like a last line of defense. Netu, who we shit on, was catastrophic against Ajax. Actually, didn't look bad against uh, – or he looked better. And Kowats came in a couple times. He he honestly could have like maybe seen a, a yellow or a red maybe for that tackle in the first half. Probably a yellow. I don't think he's got a card at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the the back line in general was was far less uh, shambolic, but that's obviously because slightly lesser opposition for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go on to the next question. She's with the last question from Felipe. He says Paulinho seems to, seems to be trying harder in the last two games. Guess that's a bit of luck in games like this. Estoril, when we're winning only for one goal, we need to hold the ball more. And just two words for Pedro for Mabel Porro, world class. Uh, Chris Pedro Porro, obviously. Um, 8.5 million um, release clause or term, like loan clause. Um, I mean, looking like a bargain at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's the kind of that's the kind of deal. You know, that's a. I think it's like a Mary Demorel deal waiting to happen, where they're just gonna they're gonna activate that clause and then they're immediately gonna flip for like three x the profit because I, I, that's. I think. I mean, I. 
Will Sporting be able to keep him next season? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if he gets like calls for national teams. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. already on the radar too. He already got his first call with the Sporting shirt. Um, but th- at the same time, it's like uh, Grimaldo's been linked on like thirty million euro moves out of Benfica for like four years straight. It just never happens. So maybe the market's just not there for Portuguese league outside backs for that much. Um, I mean, Nuno Men's obviously like kind of uh, changed that, but like. He's he's still more of like a well he's three years younger obviously, um, I'd say Poro's more of a completed prospect than uh, Nuno Mendes is at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do see Pedro Poro probably being flipped next season. If there there was that rumor of like a buyback clause for City, it's never been confirmed or denied from Sporting in that matter in or City in that matter. So I mean, hopefully that clause doesn't exist, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it does. Just considering how cheap. Or they might just do it anyways. Like the Nemanja, like I don't. Did Menu have a buyback clause on Nemanja Matic, or did they just buy him again, like from Benfica? It was. I'm sure they just bought him. I think, yeah, because they gave him to Chelsea, gave him to Benfica for David Luiz and a few few million, I think, and then. Yeah, I think they ever had a buyback clause or like a percentage of of future transfer or something like that. So it could be turn out to be one of those. To be fair, um, yeah, um, not much to. N- thank you for all the questions, but not much else to to get on to apart from the game. Uh, sporting defeating Estoril one nil uh, away from home. Um, the goal coming from Pedro Porro off a penalty. As we mentioned before, I will share the lineup on your screen in just two seconds. Cool. So we have got. Adan, Neto, Coates, Matheus Rice, Pedro Porro, Ruben Vinagre, Matheus Nunes, Joe Polina, Pablo Sarabia, Nuno Santos, and Paulinho. Uh, Jovan uh, came on to the Tiago Tomas and Asgayo. Uh, goal point gave Polina man of the match. Chris, what were your thoughts on overall game? Uh, do you agree with some of these or disagree with some of these ratings? Let me know. Um, yeah, so I guess this game was, uh, was kind of frustrating. Um, like... It could have been it could have been worse, right? Because Eshtudel definitely had a great chance in the first half, and Adan made a very good double save. Um, Eshtudel definitely, like I don't think, deserved a goal in the first half, but it would have been very frustrating if that did go in. Mm-hmm. Um, on the contrary, like Sporting also had a bunch of very good chances in the first half. Um, there was like three, like great great saves by the Eshtudel keeper, like right on the line, and one of them was a, the a defender actually, I think. Um, Polino unlucky to not score. Um, there was, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other first half chances. I just remember there was like a bunch, like at least like three, four very, very good scoring opportunities. Um, and then the second half was, uh, was kind of much of the same up until like after the sporting goal. Obviously, the last like 20 minutes, I would say, was when the momentum shift as Estriel started to, to just try to, to try to seek out a result again because they're now losing it. Um, so, which is which is kind of natural, um, you know. I think that uh, the standout performances uh, for me, at least, were definitely Pelinga, like another just destroyer game uh, for him. The Pelinga banger, so close, so he, close. He ripped it, and it was literally if that ball goes anywhere else, it's in. Because the goal, it literally had it came on him so fast, he didn't have time to even react to it, and it just like hit him in the chest. It honestly, still could have gone in. Like, 
if it just hit his body differently. And then the Paulinho uh, follow-up. <laughs> yeah, then the Paulinho. We won't talk about the Paulinho follow-up. <laughs> I low-key thought it was Jovan who was the one who, who shot it, so I'll just pretend like it was Jovan. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, great. Another, you know, that's a classic Paulinho game. Poro, obviously, scored the, scored the PK, stepped up. But, I mean, outside of that, I thought he had another, you know, very, very solid game. Um, he's a great, you know, offensive option uh, for sporting. And, yeah, like we just mentioned, like, five minutes ago, he uh, he's a bargain at, 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 his, at his buyout clause. And uh, we'd be blessed to keep him for another season after this one. Um, yeah, and then the back line, Adan. Uh, was called on against Ajax, but really couldn't do much about anything. Uh, the game before that didn't really have to do anything um, against Porto except pit the ball out of the back of the net the one time. Um, and then this one, he, he made a couple of good saves. So uh, Adan back on the rise again. <laughs> uh, and Kowats, Reyes, Netu, I have honestly no complaints about any of those three. Um, Vinag with another, you know, pretty mediocre game where he gets subbed. Impossible for him to play 90 minutes, which is kind of alarming at this point. <laughs> Because he's literally like seven games, seven subs for an outside back. Not that normal. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I guess we'll get into Kasu uh, later. Yeah, um, I'm just going to quickly, I agree with everything you said. Um, I feel bad for the um, Danny Fernandez, the, the best Royal keeper, because I thought he had a really fantastic game up until the sort of mistake to lead to the penalty. And it definitely was a penalty, but you could tell like he did go to play the ball, and I think that's why it wasn't given as a red, as a lot of people thought it should be. Um, but yeah, I felt bad for him, but at the end of the day, those things happen. Um, good to see a boy, um, Chico Gerard, uh, come on, even though he did try and uh, kick Paulinho and try to try to injure him, which wasn't very nice. But uh... right, yeah, Chico Gerard is officially uh, a villain. Uh, I think his beef is probably more with this current administration of sporting than it is with the club in general. And I definitely think it's the kind of relationship where maybe in like five years when there's a new president or something, he comes, he comes back and like, you know, says what happened. So I wouldn't cast him aside completely, but he's definitely a, a villain right now. I think <laughs> he's on I the mean, villain side for a while. <laughs> I saw some people like say that like Paulinho instigated it. Cause there was that clip that was sent into our group chat where I was literally just Paulinho pushing him, not the kick before. And I was like, why are people trying to push his agenda? Like Paulinho's Paulinho. not the same. Not there. He's not the guy that would just go after a random dude for no reason. Like, yeah. Why would he do that? <laughs> and when you look at it, like, I mean, I did see people say like red card, but that is an act of aggression. Really? It's not a red. It's not enough for red. Yeah. It's probably a yellow. You can't if, do if, that. You can't if just. Paulinho sells it. If Paulinho sells it, then he it might have VAR might. It's a little. This is a little a cheeky trip for no reason. <laughs> yeah, um, but in, in terms of the game, um, I'm looking at Sarabia's rating. And I feel like that's quite unfair. Um, I thought he played really well, actually. Some of the balls that he gave um, to to the teammates were just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it still feels like he has so much more to so much more to give. You know. I saw someone call him Jesse 2.0, and I was like... Not that bad yet, come on. Nowhere near. No one... I mean, yeah, dude. Has they put in, like, one successful cross in his entire career? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He did score, what, twice? Once? Uh, Once, yeah, when he tried to dribble the goalie, took a weird touch, it deflected off the goalie, it went right back to him, and then he scored on an open net in, like, a League Cup game to make it, like, 3-0. I remember (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, Polino, obviously, fantastic, and he shows a lot of the like the heart that we like to see. 
He, it reminds me of just someone who's like just not like I know obviously footballers play play for the money at the end of the day, but like after every challenge of like the last twenty minutes, he's like grabbing the badge, putting it to it, like like getting the fans to cheer him on. And it's just like so refreshing to see, especially like the last couple of years where we just had like no players that would fight for the badge and just like just all walk around. But um like yeah, great a great performance, but I thought that's the real with, with quality as well. It's definitely you could see why they were in second place and be here for such a long time. Um we, we mentioned Rui Font last podcast, managed to come on, um, but, but but didn't do anything, which um, <laughs> probably surprises no one. But um, yeah, um, we had a brief cameo from Thiago Tomas. It didn't really do much to get a rating, but like, I mean, every time he comes on, I'm just like, why? But um, I was disappointed not to see uh, Danny Braganza as well, especially against his you know, old team in Estoril. I thought Matthews Nunes could have dealt with some, some rest. Um, he didn't have the best game by his standards. So I, I would like to see that. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. And, and Poro obviously stepping up to get the penalty is just a sort of icing on the cake. Um, we'll get on to the first um, case. Let me just get it. Is Was the penalty first? The penalty was the first one, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. let's get that up. So people are saying that this should have been retaken or shouldn't have counted or something. Believe it or not, the original post comes from uh, a Benfica fan. Here you see um, Poro taking the penalty. We've got Nuno Santos down here. I think that's uh, Jovan on that side and Paulinho on the other side, maybe Sarabia on the other side. Chris, let me know your thoughts on the penalty. What do you think should have happened? It's uh, it's one of these rules where the st- like stringency, or I don't even know if that's the right, 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 right word. I'm, I'll go with strictness instead because I, I know that'll work more. Uh, the strictness of this rule enforcement is so random. Um, I don't know if any of you guys watched the Women's World Cup, but there was like, a, a, like every PK had to get retaken because the goalie would be like this far off the line, and so it was just like every single time it would happen. Sometimes twice, you know, the goal the attacker would miss twice and they'd retake it. MLS, same thing. Sometimes they'll just so randomly strictly enforce that goalkeeper stepping on the foot uh, rule. But the one thing is like you very rarely see them enforce the running into the box rule. Um, it, it, it's one of the things where like on almost every PK, it happens to some degree, right? Whether it's just one step in, uh, it's one guy's like his body's in, like, if you look at every, the freeze frame of every PK, I bet like 75 or more percent of them have at least one player doing something. Even if it's by like, a, it's like the offsides, right? Even if it's a centimeter, right? He's still like in the wrong, right? You know, technically. Yeah. So. I don't want to get into a world where like they're enforcing the step on the line for the goalie by like one centimeter where they're enforcing offsides by one centimeter when they're enforcing running into the box by like one centimeter. That's when we start doing that consistently, we're going to completely ruin the game. But on the flip side, it's like when you have a situation this egregious, like Nunu Sanz is so far into the box. He's almost at the ref. Like the ref is vision is almost obstructed by, by Nunu Sanz running in. Um, so I, in my opinion, I think this one should have probably been retaken because it, it's pretty bad and you can re, re, rewatch the clip in real time and it, it just doesn't feel, it does feel wrong. Um, and obviously the SDO players are like technically breaking the rule too, but I think it's because the sporting players are further ahead, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, how does like the referee not like look to his right and just see Nuno Santos like coming up, like even in his like peripheral vision, yeah. or even like. 
he's looking straight ahead. He could probably see. I, I don't know if it's Paulinho or Sarabia. Or he doesn't. Right and the thing is, is he doesn't even technically have to see it. He just has to be the guy upstairs. You know. Yeah, but uh, I don't know because we saw it in the Porto game as well. I don't have the the picture to to hand, unfortunately. But um, pretty much the same thing. But I don't, I don't really. I don't like really care about this role in general. Um, let me just grab Mr. Steph. Hello. Um, <laughs> how are you? Um, better. I had a water leak. Um, oh man. Yeah. So we thought it was the uh, one of the pipes. So I, I made a big hole in uh, in my basement ceiling, and then uh, my wife and I were like desperate, like water all over the fucking place. And um, then I was like, well, the water is coming from uh, the first floor. And uh, it was the hose from uh, the fridge, uh, from the ice maker. That mm. parked it. And then the water was leaking from the first first floor to the basement. But my basement looks like a mess now. So. Did you fix the leak, though, at least? You turned it off? Yeah, we turned it off. The yeah. little, it has a little uh, twist. And then I just went to Lowe's. I bought that new hose. Replaced it. Now it's fine. But we thought it was something else. We thought it was the AC. We thought it was a PV, uh, P- PVC pipe. But it was just a goddamn hose from uh, the fridge. After <laughs> doing some some handyman activities out here. Up, up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. glad, to, glad to hear it's at least uh, temporarily resolved. Definitely yeah. not fully yeah. resolved. My father's coming from Portugal. And I already told him. He said, don't worry about it. We'll fix the ceiling together. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry to throw you right into it, Steph, but um, I've, I've got the, the 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 ratings here. I just wanted to know um, if if you can. Obviously, it's quite a stressful time for you now, but if you have any <laughs> thoughts on the game, just just go ahead. Oh, about yesterday's game, I think it was a uh, it was an awesome performance after the uh, debacle against Ajax that we lost five one, um, and uh, the composure was uh, was definitely something. Uh, I was very impressed with, and uh, and Mourinho learned from his mistakes in the team as well. Um, I think our weakness it will be the whole season, and we will be able to fix it by January. Um, the striker, the, the striker position, we need a striker ASAP. Paulini uh, is good as in number nine, I guess, but as, as a striker, he's not what we need. He doesn't score goals, and uh, we could say it's bad luck. But how, for how many more games are we gonna say that? You know. Yeah. So he, he had he, he has had so many chances to score. And he's not scoring, and he's putting the team in a very tough position. Uh, you see, Benfica today won three one. Porto won five five nothing. Uh, we could have gotten uh, Martinez. Tony Martinez, no, he went to Port. They had already a great striker, Tarimi, and Bifik is well equipped with strikers as, as well. We have Paulinho, but he's that's too short. And uh, Tiak Tomaj is not the striker we're looking for. Uh, so, but the whole game yesterday was was a great performance by everybody, uh, including Paulinho. But we need. Immediately, nine one one. You're like ASAP striker. Yeah, um, there's also just the the penalty that me and Chris were just looking at. Um, so we both agree that it was a penalty should have been given to Sporting. Um, 
But what did you think um, on this uh, this penalty? Like all the people in the box, did you think the penalty should have been retaken? Do you think anything else should have happened? What do you think? Uh, well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally honest. For this penalty to be retaken, it means all the other penalties will be will have to be retaken because every PK is like this one. It's not only the Sporting Studio PK; it's every PK. So there's only one solution: either the league makes a, a strong statement and says we're going to start showing yellow cards, and in this case would have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine yellow cards. So, or they just leave it the way it is. Um, I, I would, I would, I would make the case that if a Sporting missed the PK and on a rebound we score, then cancel the goal. I, I would agree with that because you're already inside the box. Uh, but if you score like we did, like Pujo did, leave it alone, just move on. And the PK was taken. Uh, he scored the PK. Good. Here's but- something that I just thought of. Do you think it was allowed to go because it was both Sporting and Estudial players that were in the box as opposed to if it was being only Sporting players that were in the box? Maybe it's a different story. Yeah, of course, indeed. But either way, if the league wants to fix this this problem, they'll have to to brief all the teams. Yeah, they would have to make a case out to say, yeah. to say that they were going to start enforcing it and then just – Start enforcing it like offsides. You know, we're drawing lines. It's if you're a centimeter in the box, it doesn't count. You know, even if you have to draw a different line, a line away from yeah. the box, and say, "Hey, when we when you take a PK, you have to be ten yards away from the box." If you have to to to, to go to those extremes, there's solutions out there. If you really want to brainstorm and think about it, the, the most logical one would be draw a line like you draw for the free kicks. Uh, 10 yards away from the box and tell the players you're not allowed to go beyond this line. And maybe that would be a solution. I just thought about it. <laughs> I think that the argument against that would be it gives an unfair advantage to the PK taker uh, rebounding it. In case they get a rebound, like they'll yes. have more time. You know? Of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Indeed, I agree with you 100%. I don't know how to fix this problem. I don't think it's yeah. It's tough, yeah. It's tough. I mean, I would cancel the goal only if it's on the rebound and everyone's inside the box. If I'm the referee, I would say it's a no goal because everyone violated the inside the box. But then that would penalize Sporting as well. Yeah. Um, there's one more case. Uh, we spoke about it earlier in the group chat. Um, but it was the kick from Geraldes to um, Paulinho. Um, I've got a picture of a video, so hopefully they don't like yeah, um, I saw it. me. Yeah. If you look in the bottom, the top left here, you see like Chico like kick out a Paulinho, like nowhere near the ball. Um, Chris, we spoke about it earlier. Do you think any anything else should have come of it, or do you think the yellow card for for both players was justified? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it should have been more. And yeah, I mean Paulinho did shove him, so I guess there's action on both sides. So yeah, I think it's just an equal yellow and yellow. Yeah. Steph, are you of the same opinion, or do you think it should have been a bit harsher to um, Chico Gerards? I mean, honestly, this this would should have been a red card because he's not even playing the ball. The ball is not even there. He's playing the player. But then we go back to the pepper. But is it violent misconduct, though? It just seems like, uh, you know, like shithousing misconduct. 
He's not playing ball. So no, he's, he's not playing the ball. He doesn't. If Paulinho do sells it, like sells it, like like a. He's a really player. injured. Like it, it his yeah. leg. He's rolling around, grabbing his leg, screaming. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about solely the action of Zerals. If you if you stick to the the action itself, if if you go by by the law itself, he did it intentionally. It was not. He's no. He was not playing ball. Then he should have been a victor. It's that simple, really. But then you go back to Pep and Quats. You punch him in the face. Nothing happened, and the league laughed about it. And they said, "Vamos equivar esta merda and move on." So to, to me, I think the Portuguese soccer or football uh, at this point they deserve to be called soccer. Uh, <laughs> it's very it's very shitty in Portugal. Even with uh, VAR, we can't even manage to resolve some of the biggest issues. We had a clear PK with Pep and Quach. He got punched in the face. I mean, like we say in America, a picture speaks a thousand words. What else do you need? Only shit. And the VAR didn't do anything about that. So the, this, this compared to Pep against Quach, it's, like Chris said, it's really nothing. It, it, I mean, he got punched in the face. And this, he just kicked him a little bit. So I guess, I guess a yellow card would have been fine. But me, I would have shown a red card if I was a referee. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. Um, uh, me and Chris were talking about earlier. Obviously, Chuk Jaraz was someone who's loved throughout the sporting and when he was here, you know, very illiterate, very, very nice man by all accounts. Do you think this makes him a bit more of a villain or do you just think it was just like a, a moment of, of madness? I think I think it's... Um, I understand he's, he's better, um, but he can only be better with himself. He was given enough chances by different coaches, but in, in uh, Sporting, it was not only in Murin. It was several coaches. So if he's better, he should be reflecting upon himself, and not blaming others for his uh, poor performances at Sporting. Uh, Sporting treating him nicely. He made the plays he is today. If it wasn't for Sporting, it would be nothing. He wouldn't even be playing for Estoril. So he should be a bit more grateful. Uh, but if he's better, I don't know. Maybe he should uh, drink a couple super box. <laughs> yeah. Um, on on that note, um, I'm just going to ask you for your um, man of the matches. Um, goal point gave it to Pelinia. Um, the actual game man of the match got given to Pelinia. Uh, Steph, who do you think should have got man of the match? Uh, I like uh, Pelinia, of course, without a doubt. But Paul, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, Paul has shown that. Uh, he actually understands more about the uh, uh, DNA or ADN, like we say in Portugal, of Sporting than uh, Geraldo, for example. Uh, so he's a Spaniard and uh, he's been at the club for the second year. But you could see he, he fills the club, he loves the club, and and uh, I really like his attitude in every game he plays with the, the green and white. I think he's he's one of those players that I'm glad Sporting is going to buy him from Manchester City. Um, and uh, it'll be a good investment. I and mean, if we do sell him, we're going to sell him for the double. So, so yeah, Pujo, definitely. Besides Pellini, of course. Chris, who, who was your man in the match? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Pellini. Um, uh, he, he was immense. Um, similar passion to Pro. I mean, I'd say argue those are probably the two, the two guys who fill the club the most. 
right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll go Paulinho. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that was my wife running away. She's being confused herself. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go joint man of the match. Uh, Paulinho is definitely one. I'm gonna go with Paulinho. I feel like I know he's had a bit of stick from us recently, including myself. But I feel like he 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 had a good game. Pressing, obviously won the penalty for us, which technically was a mistake from the keeper. But you know he has to be in those positions. Um, very unlucky to have like four balls cleared off the line, hit the post at one point. And I think, I think he, he's due a nice moment. And I think, I think without him, we probably would have drawn that game. So I, I'll I'll give it to both Paulinho and to Paulinho. Um, just before we get on to our other topics today, just going to quickly show you the league table at the moment. I know it's early days still. Um, but we've got Benfica at top with 18, Porto Sporting uh, second and third respectively. Steph, is there anything to worry about currently? You can look at the goal difference. You see Benfica have a lot more than we do and even Porto have more than we do. Uh, should we be concerned right now? No, no not really. I mean, we uh, we played against Praga and Braga. We played it against Porto at home. We did the bare minimum, which was to tie the game. And we played at family count. So Benfica didn't have really any tough games yet. Um, but they're playing ball. Yeah, they're playing well. I mean, you got to give them credit. Uh, I'm not discrediting how Benfica is playing because, uh, and you know. Benfica! The best! <laughs> I love you more than you. My Benfica, my Benfica. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, sporting 160. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I mean, yeah. So and Porto is bowling too. They playing well, and uh, the display at Atlético Madrid against one of the best teams in Spain. Uh, so we 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 have to we have to um, uh, you know be competitive to be at the same level as those two clubs. Um, yeah, but. I'm not concerned at all, though. No, not at all. I, I want to see how they play against Braga. Uh, we got lucky in a sense because Braga wasn't fully um, in rhythm, and now they're regaining rhythm, um, and uh, and Porto as well. So l- let's see how Bifika behaves in the tough games ahead. But so far, they've been playing well, and they, they pulled a, a tie also in the Champions League, which is uh, very important for them. Yeah, definitely. Chris, you know, Benfica and Porto both winning uh, their last few games by quite a, a big margin of goals. Um, we're not scoring as much as them two. Um, are you worried about anything at the moment? Or is it just that, like Steph said, games against Porto, games against Braga, Benfica really have had no one difficult? What do you think? Yeah, I'd say I'm more concerned with uh, with us more than them. Um, like, just like I feel like we last year I felt like it, it was like, you know, it was ours to lose. You know, we were just churning results and it was like, it's, it's on us. You know, we have the squad there. We have the better squad, like full stop. And we're, we're just churning results. Like this is, this is not going to be one because they outdo it. It's going to be one because we choke it away. Um, this year, I feel like they've, they've improved. We've stayed about the same, but you could argue that we were like riding through like statistical inconsistencies last year. And it feels like if anything, like they're balancing out more a little bit this year. So I just fear more, um, you know, the depth of our squad in certain areas. Um, Are we going to pick up, you know, 
two more, two or three more draws than we did in the first round last year. Like I think staying this distance away from the top is is fine for now, but if it stretches any further than this, you know, it, it it's starting to be like you don't like seven seven points behind is that's a it feels like a lot, you know. So we have to just keep getting results, and yeah, like Steph says, you know, hope that. Um, Bayfica gets tested more in some of their upcoming games. And it'd also be nice if the VAR called the PK against them, too. That would help greatly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially tonight. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all we have for the, this Estoril game. Chris, I know you wanted to mention some things with uh, Loja Verde and, and any other things. So if the, the floor is yours if you want to take over. Yeah, I guess just wanted to tie up, like, some loose ends of some random topics um, over the – you know, past week or so. Uh, I mean, I don't have much to say about the Oratorio and Contas other than just, like, the top-line findings, which are just, like, basically all the trends that we've talked about over the years on the show, you know, just continued, you know, like, debts rising, debts to agents rising, jet to gesture food, you know, just looks like this. I mean, like, the tre- it's just basically the trend lines continue. Um, you know, debt to lenders, they're going to have a vote in the next two weeks about another 50 million euro loan. Um, they're going to have to pay back that 50 million loan from last year, I think in December. So yeah, I mean, the, the club's really not, not in like the greatest financial situation. It, it, it is what it is. All three of the top clubs in Portugal find themselves in a similar financial situation right now. Each of them has like their moments where it's like, oh, we have to pay this back. So like our situation seems like more red alert right now. You know, Sporting had like a lull last year. Felt like no, there was really no pressure as far as like debts being called. No one really cared about like the 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 deals that were being done, like the passes that were being negotiated and stuff. You know, um, I feel like it was basically just kick the can down the road. Um, and, you know, eventually, eventually some of this stuff is going to come to a head. Um, I don't know when and I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's, 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 it's a situation that they cannot avoid just talking about permanently. Um, elections, you know, we briefly, briefly talked about on last pod or two pods ago, the elections. The, the, the part of me that feels like it, none of this matters is because there's no there's no alternative like and even if there was it's going to be some candidate that runs in the last couple months and is going to get like 10 percent right it just doesn't even matter so that's why like opposition to any of this stuff like voicing vocal opposition i mean it's good to point stuff out and it's good for the fan base to be informed especially the saucies obviously but like it just feels like there's so little we can even do and even the rights that we have as saucies to do certain things it feels like they just don't give a shit anyways, and they just are going to steamroll us. Rosario Elves is just going to steamroll us, um, and we are just kind of helplessly watching and hoping that, like, our club isn't destroyed. So basically that's that's how I feel about that, and I just wanted to, to touch on that. Um, the other random to- note is the grass at Alvalade, which is a big problem because it's so early. Uh, I've recently been looking into this. So Sporting, Befica, and Porto all had the same agency that took care of their grass. Up until last year or this year, Sporting switched. And now our field is dog shit. And we've played like four games on it. Against Ajax, there's a viral image of Neti picking up a piece of grass that's like as wide as my hands. It's like a, 
it's a hole that's like, you know, like two feet deep. It's insane. I mean, and then if you like look at certain areas near the goal, it's all beat up. Um, I don't know what the reason for switching agencies was. I don't know if they legitimately thought this new agency was better, if they got a better deal, if it's a kickback because he like is buddies with the guy who owns this grass agency. I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it's a big fucking problem because it's so early into the season. Uh, the Liga Portugal has kind of been dropping the hammer this season on dro- on dog shit grass fields. Um, uh, F Studio and Fedance have already had their stadiums closed in the last in the first like six games of the season. Would if Alvalade got bad enough, would the league have the nuts to actually close Alvalade? That would be crazy. Um, are they going to have to do a mid season field swap, which is like? Hella expensive. If you didn't know, they already switched the field. They'd like to do it like once every five years. They did it this year. And if they already have to do it again, like remember the Alvalade looked like a beach this summer and they were doing the green chairs. Like they literally just changed the grass yeah. and it's already fucked. So that's unacceptable. I don't know if any of you guys have anything to say about that. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. But I don't know if it was like a cost cutting thing or <laughs> better deal somewhere else. But I mean, you could, you could, you could tell, like, I mean, even like some of the Ajax fans that we've come across on Twitter have, have mentioned that the pitch was bad. I mean, you sort of do get used to bad pitches in Portugal, but like, I mean, look at last year, National de Madeira was was like literally a swamp at points, especially when we went there. But I mean, when you look at Ajax's stadium and look at some of the stadiums in the Eredivisie, I mean, the grass is fine and like the, the stadiums are full and... I just, I just I don't know. It seems like maybe a cost kind of thing, but I just I just want to say I love that picture of Lewis Neto picking up the grass. Something about it just just absolutely makes me laugh. But um, yeah, Steph, do you have any any thoughts on the on the grass? It's it's, it's a shame because every time you replace the grass, and like Chris said, it wasn't too long ago. It was just this summer. Um, I, I would ask for a refund uh, if anything. Because uh, it's expensive. Yeah, those bastards owe us like a million euros for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, like Chris said, when they were replacing those ugly chairs with the green ones, you saw uh, uh, big tractors uh, removing the old grass uh, and doing whatever they needed to do to input the new one. And it's it's not this is not good. I mean. If you have to pay a little bit more and, and get it done by by French or English uh, farmers, might as well. Because whoever they, they hired, they, they did a shitty job. Yeah, um, spot on. Um, I'm just going to talk about this one as well. We, we talked talk about it a bit and like a bit off camera as well, but like I think we're all at the same point that Sporting have botched this kit launch with Nike massively. Still no patches on... Um, Loja Verde Champions League or um, the, the Portuguese symbol in the middle. They still got the Champions one, but like, I mean, I, I don't know, Chris, how 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 can it happen, especially with like a, a global brand like Nike? And you know, they obviously want to make a good impression. How how do they mess up a kit, kit launch so bad? And, and do you think they still have time to, to sort of salvage it? Yeah, I think that I definitely think that some of the problem is is Nike and sporting can't control it but definitely some of the problem is also sporting's uh you know incompetence with the website like the, yeah obviously not being able to order champions league 
uh, you know, badges and a, and a Scudu patch when you can do it in person is it's really stupid, you know. Um, especially, it's especially frustrating for fans who, you know, we don't, we, we, yeah, like, you know, maybe, maybe if I lived in Porto, you know, it's inconvenient to go to Lisbon and maybe I'm not going to get to Lisbon for two months. So I want the shirt, but I'll just get it in two months. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this shirt, you know, uh, I've kind of accepted that I probably won't. And I'll just wind up getting the, uh, the new champions kit with the gold, uh, patch on it because that's all they have. If this even stays in stock long enough, um, yeah, uh, the thing that's on screen right now, they like restocked the home kit, which was basically sold out. Um, but instead of like restocking it, they created like a new like link for it. And now I just literally looked an hour before we started. Two of the five sizes on that are sold out. Medium and large, which is probably the two most popular sizes, sold out again on the home kit. So um, yeah, the home kit was restocked for like uh, three days. So if you're waiting for that, you... Uh, literally missed your window because you had like 72 hours on that unless you're a bigger size um or like the small which i guess is an excess which like no very few people wear that because the home kit's sizing up so yeah if you wear an excess you are in luck <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's incredibly incredibly frustrating um i mean per my personal anecdote like the the patches i got on my shorts are so crooked you know it's like obnoxiously crooked it's not like it's off by like a centimeter it's off by like a bunch you know and they fucking they the patches like just ironed on so crookedly uh it's whatever i still wear them all the time you know i like my nike shorts but like yeah it's just the little things man it seems like sporting is constantly just fucking up every single like little thing that there is to to possibly fuck up you know yeah um steph i don't know um how much you've looked into it but there's there's things like um Champions League patches and you know the, the patches we've mentioned that aren't on um Day. Is that something that affects you or are you just okay just getting like normal shirts? But just just let me know your thoughts on it. No, I, I feel that sporting does not make money. Uh that's that's the bottom line because it's funny that you mentioning this. Uh, I went to the uh, sporting website um and I was trying to go into La Javert and I couldn't. I'm like, I was like, what the fuck? So I couldn't do it. And then I went to Google and I randomly uh, put Sporting Loja. And then I saw Beta Sporting Loja Verde. And then I click on that link. I'm like, okay, it's not. Wait, wait. Place. So the link on the main website links you to the old store still, which yeah. is down. That yeah. is so that, that, <laughs> that's, such, that's such like am uh, amateurs. Yeah, it's you now I would fire the person that's <laughs> in part of keeping up with the uh sporting official website because uh, it, even on um on Twitter, one of our fans said, Hey, do you guys have the link for Loja Verde? And I did Twitter to him, um, and he's like, Yeah, but the one on the official page is not up to speed i'm like you correct it's not up to speed and, and what you're saying like they're still using the beta version like they never like completed the website i think you know yeah. yes indeed but so, the like the, the new lodge of is still like half launched but live you yeah. know it's it's idiotic you know idiotic idiotic completely <laughs> completely so a couple of things caught my attention like like sam said i, I just bought my official jersey uh which was with the uh Trophy in the metal, the golden trophy. Yeah, that was six additional euros. 
if they had the Champions League badges available, I would have bought it too, together. But they would not have held like Sam said. And to me, it was like, what the fuck? But my father's coming this Friday. So I'm like, I better buy the T-shirt now because I refuse to pay, to pay for shipping. It's way too expensive. 40 euro shipping is unacceptable. It used to be 20. Now it's 40. Both are unacceptable. 40 is extremely unacceptable. Extremely. So I bought the, the jersey with the, with the uh, champion's uh, badge, which was altogether $102 in dollars when you convert into euros to dollars, which I was like, okay, whatever. I just want the jersey. I don't have the official one from Nike, so I bought it. But then I, I feel the pain from Sam and all the other, um, you know, fans that would like to have the Champions League badge because I'm not going to have it. Uh, it's because it wasn't available. Why is it not available? Since we've known we qualify for the Champions League since, since uh, you know, before summer. Yeah. Right? It bothers me. They could have bought a ton of it and, and have it available online. And, and it's like they opened up – there's a new, you know, like a new uh, – physical pavilion to buy stores like on the side of Alvalade near the the ticket stand you know there's a new Laja there there's one in the Baisha now there's one in Colombo it's like what are you gonna put in these stores if you don't have fucking product you know no but that's the thing the kicker is Lauren just mentioned something she 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 mentioned that the badges are available and she's in Portugal so I believe her at 100 she said the badges are available in the Laja Verde but why? Why is it available in the Logic Grid, but it's not available online? So someone is fucking up. I think someone is, doesn't know how to create Or they just don't care. Or even worse, they just don't care. Maybe. I was thinking, maybe they have like a different shipping place. Like all the stuff they have ready to ship is just the badge. Like they've already got like a whole order of them ready to send out. Hmm. But okay, but don't say, you don't say you, Sporting Portugal or Club do Mundo thing. Then we're not. Then we're not. When no. you only when you only focus on Portugal and the fans in Portugal. Not even you, like all of Portugal, just like the greater Lisbon area. Yeah, Lisbon, <laughs> let's, let's say the way it is. And then you basically say, saying to everybody else, a big fuck you, we don't care, because that's what it seems like. No and, modalities was ever, stuff was never, has never been made available. They, they were, there was talk that, they were, that it was going to be like, it, it have its own modality store, right? Um, so no, like, they could do it together. I mean, the, the new Lodge Verde is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it together, but they don't have anything, you know, nothing. They, they have the bare minimum. Uh, maybe that's because Nike didn't produce enough yet. Yeah, I don't know. and to be fair, we didn't get modality stuff from Macron until, like, probably, like, the third or fourth year of the contract, but, like... I think I think it might be a Nike thing. Yeah. But another thing that called my attention to wrap it up, it's uh, there's great promotions for, for the Portuguese... So if you buy over uh, 50 euros, it's free shipping all over Portugal. Yeah. But there's no promotion for us. Or even the discounted rate, you know? Yeah, the fuck? I mean, you could you could have a promotion say, hey, if you buy more than 100 uh, euros worth of merchandise shipping for, to the United States and the UK and France, it's, it'll be for free. I mean, people will buy it over 100 euros. Or, or do like a, a promotion where like ev everything in these two weeks is free, new free shipping. So yeah. get in on it the next two weeks. Like, do anything. Like, but but they don't do anything, and to me, it's 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 turning me off quickly. Yeah, it is because it's like they're talking about both sides of their mouth. We we've rebuilt Sporting, Novu Sporting. We've rebuilt it. 
like all this great stuff. We won the title. We're this multinational brand now. We have great media department. Like you can't be saying that while also just be so incompetent, like with regards to anything, you know? Yeah, you can be focusing just on the sporting issues from Lisbon. That's not fair. There's a lot of sporting issues in the north, in the in the UK, the US, in Canada, like Danny and like you, like Sam and myself, and millions and thousands. And we always get the short stick. It's like Never, I mean, and here's another anecdotal example. Like for the American fans, like even like there's a couple physical stores, like in Newark, for example, there's a soccer store. They think of Porto jerseys. There hasn't even been a sporting Nike product that has entered the facility. I asked the manager, like, when are you guys getting the new Nike stuff? I don't know. Never, maybe, you know? Like You're talking about the one on Ferry Street? Yeah, yeah. They don't have they don't have they've never had any of the sporting stuff because it's just not even been available for them to purchase, you know. What's the name of the store? Pegasus Sporting. Pegasus, Pegasus, yeah. 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 I used to buy from them, but you know, I'd rather buy it online. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't even have anything for you to buy right now, so there's nothing to go there for. I mean, I, I bought what I needed, but then I had to ship it to my father. He lives in, in Portugal, and I have to wait until he comes to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Because I'm not going to pay for fucking shipping for years. I, I'm just not going to pay for it. Yeah. I'm not average. I make I make okay money, but that's, I'm not a millionaire. And what what um Duleon is the point that he's making here? Uh, would it be nice to have an international saucy program or just discounts or fans outside of Portugal, like anything. The reason that we're not is because what that involves is like greater saucy outreach, like greater programs for saucyus, like uh greater like uh, involvement with the international nucleus. And this administration is actively at war against all three of those things, so they're never going to improve our access to stuff if they're like trying to like dissuade us from like doing anything you know like it, it doesn't line up with their agenda uh you know Bruno Carvalho who had his all his faults but like he actually did make a case to like try to improve the, the nucleus the international nucleus like now you know Lardus Leones for example like they had they, they haven't had contact with anyone sporting and you know four years now since yes. he's been the president because that's not part of his program. If anything, is the opposite of his program, you know? It's, it's uh, you know, it's an embarrassment to tell the truth because why why should I be associated with Sporting if I don't get any benefits? Like, it's a provocation. My, my birthday, my birthday was on the 30th of August. So Sporting sends me an email saying, hey, you, you have up to 10% discount Na loja verde. I'm like, what the fuck? You and you couldn't use it online. No. So I'm like, you know, I don't. It's like you're just pissing in on me. You're pissing like, on me. What are you teasing? Don't me send me an email, you fucking bastards. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? What a jerk off. I mean, they they know I I live in the U.S. because that's what it states. Yeah. On my personal info. So in, in, instead of putting two and two together. They should have said, hey, for those living outside of Portugal, we're going to give them online 10% discount. And to be fair, that's 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 now the second or third year in a row that that's happened. So they just don't care to fix it. So, yeah. They just, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was like reading the email in Portuguese and all excited, hey, 10% discount. No, no, It was like, toma. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to fly to Lisbon purposely just to buy. Yeah, you get a ten percent discount. And ten yeah. percent discount. <laughs> I my flight ticket and all that. Yeah. <laughs> é só é só pessoas em Portugal. Oh my god, they I they lose a lot of money. They don't know how to make money in Portugal. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I've had this conversation with uh, with Bruno Freire, uh, um portista, and you know. If if they only open their eyes and realize how much money they could make, like why don't you use Amazon as a platform? Are you so greedy that you want to keep all the money for yourself? But but Amazon is such a big platform that you would be making so much more, much money worldwide. Like the, the Essekim is all this one. Yeah, it was the number one seller for two days on all of Amazon. <laughs> I don't know why so they so blinded like with. Having their own Lajevet, it's very typical of Portugal. Like the naming of the stadium, that it's not a, a sporting thing; it's a Portuguese thing. They only want to do stuff that like benefits, like useful, like I, like oh, like that we have a connection with this company. Like oh, this company wants to down the line invest in us. I oh, know. I this, my brother-in-law owns this company. Like they don't want to do anything with Amazon because. They can't like do anything with that. You no, know yes, I, mean? yeah, I get it, but it's not that only, Chris. Like, I don't know if you pay attention on Twitter, and I only use Twitter. I don't have Facebook, but uh, like every time they mention Sporting is going to give this uh, the the naming to a company, a lot of Sporting kishes don't like it. But the same thing with Bifikishan, the same thing with Portistas. It's a very Portuguese thing that now things say start javalab, start seeing amuzans. And, but they don't think outside the box that we have to make money because our club is not making enough money, you know? So I don't give a fuck if Stadzavalad is called Superbox Stadium if they're willing to pay $20 million a year. So what? they paying for $20 million a year to have their name Superbox. Like, how do we call the the, the Eagle, Eagle Stadium? Lincoln the Financial Field, yeah. Yeah, the Financial Field. So... What's a big deal? But it's a Portuguese thing. It's not really yeah. a Sporting thing. I think if it was up to Sporting, they would have done it, but they would get a lot of a lot of negative feedback. Uh, Believe it or not, like I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't even. It's just whatever, you know. <laughs> like yeah. a Pavilion Jean Rocha, why can he be named MetLife if they're willing to pay ten yeah, million? Right. What's a big deal? You know. But you talk to a Sporting, you say from Portugal, but that's and I'll never get that. It's like we need to make money out club. I mean, the like gates are already like gate gate one, super box, gate two, you know, uh, uh, TMN, you know, like all the gates have names, like all the areas of the stadium ha are, have sponsors. Like it's literally the only thing that doesn't. It's just the main name. So but, but in the meantime, we give uh, uh, one of our fields the name to the footer. True, true. That's, no, that's far, uh, far more egregious than giving it to someone who's Holy shit, paying. I mean, this guy is what he's, he's Portuguese, but if he keeps or Portista, it's whoever pays him the most. So I never like fruit and I'll never like him. No, it's, yeah, it's a bad look to be involved with that guy <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and we named, we, we gave him a stadium after him, a field after him. <laughs> Uh, I will say, just one of my friends who's a Benfica fan got um, a Benfica jersey ordered, and he ordered the Champions League patches, and they gave what? him a Europa League one instead. That's hilarious. Have in stock, 
And then they let him keep the Europa League one, and then also sent him out a Champions League bag. Well. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, see, look, look, look at Philippe Paris changing the name, the, the stadium name. Never. It might not ever happen. I mean, I, I can't. But I don't get it. Why not? What's the big deal about the name of the goddamn stadium? They probably said the same thing on the first season. They put a sponsor on the shirt too, right? Because you know, painting the shirt with a sponsor never. You know, it was probably the same thing. Let's be realistic. Let's say, let's say they change the name of the stadium to Superbock and Superbock pay 10 million a year or more. People were still going to call it Stad Zavala. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Still call it Stad Zavala. <laughs> it's just to make money. People. The only people that won't will be like the stadium or the sport TV commentators because they'll have a contractual obligation to call it that, you know? Yeah, because Stadio Dubraga, they call it. Uh, Stadio Axa, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or at so, least that was what it was called. I don't know. That, that's that what it was called, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think it just depends on the name, though, because I think it's the Denver Nuggets playing like the Dunkin' Donuts arena. Yeah, like, I would hate for like, like the Dunkin' Donuts like, pizza hut arena. Yeah, like I mean, you... sponsored by Burger King, the Burger King arena. Yeah, some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Burger King in Portugal is pretty good. It's, it's better than in the states. In the states, yeah. it sucks. they serve red wine. They serve beer. I mean. Hey. Yeah, uh, I mean, just to move on uh, on the next topic, um, we've got um, Steph, are you right to take over modalities? Or, Chris, do you want to do it? It's up to you. Steph, you got the modalities? Because I know some of them have started now more officially, right? Or is it still preseason tournaments? Yeah, right yeah. I, I, know most, I, I know most of them by heart. Um, so the uh, volleyball, we'll start with volleyball. Uh, the, they play for the uh, Strong Trophy against uh, Sporting the... The Carlos de Reine, we won 3 nothing, so we kept the trophy at home. Uh, our ladies, uh, the same thing. Um, they, they they played at home, the same trophy, and they won also 3 nothing. Uh, so kudos to them. Even though, you know, it, it's a cup that, that's made by Sporting, and we always pick teams that we know we're going to be to keep the cup at home. So to me, it's not really, you know, a big win. Uh, I would respect more that, that competition or... I respect the cup, but but not the, and I respect the opponents as well. But we could pick a more challenging team to see, you know, where we stand. Even if it has to be from our neighbor Spain or something like that, but picking teams that we know we're going to beat, you know, it, it doesn't turn me on at all. Uh, like today, we won in basketball, 73-71 against Lusitania. We barely won. Uh, same same trophy. Uh, we kept it at home as well. I think we kept all the trophies at home uh, of Trump. Um, handball, the same thing against Bolnens. We won, and we kept the trophy at home. Um, so in uh, Inicias, we won nine, nine nothing. Um, hey, what's up, Danny? How you doing, my man? Um, he had some uh, an important update for you, Steph. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy Portugal. Have Hi. fun. Yeah, the Burger King in Portugal. Man. Yeah, Burger King in Portugal. <laughs> better than the States. Better than the States. And Canada, too, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, the, big, the biggest win uh, was um, in East Charles, they won 9-0. They won, uh, um, uh, the uh, under-19, we tied 2-2. If I'm not mistaken, yes, 2-2. Uh, the under-23, we lost against the champions in title. Isturio won nothing. Uh, but you could see the the uh, the maturity of Studio. They, they they feel they have a better 
more mature team, and that's why we lost. They scored early, one nothing, and they they able to keep that score. The one thing I liked was the referee. The referee, I didn't even notice him. He, he was a really good referee. I forget his name, though. And then the biggest competition we had this this uh, weekend was uh, um, Petit. He won 3-1, uh, the Continental Cup. So that's a big trophy. And uh, that's the uh, number 10th international trophy for the uh, bowling uh, hockey team. So kudos to them. And this made it uh, a trophy number, f the 40th international-wise for the whole club. So now we have 40, 40, uh, 40 international cups in our history. So it's a big deal. Aren't they playing in another one this weekend, Seth? Uh, this week they should be playing the Super Cup. Oh, okay. Uh, Super Tasa So, so that's, uh, that's also, we haven't won the Super Cup in a minute. So it would be good to win it. Uh, futsal, we we our B team. Let's call it this way, because we have, if I'm not mistaken, seven of our players playing for the national team, which they tied against Morocco three three this Sunday. It didn't make make any difference tying against them because we finished first place. So now we'll play a third play, place team uh, on Friday. Uh, they, we should know by now. Uh, but Friday we're going to play the national team against uh, a, a team that we should beat easily and move on to the quarterfinals. Um, and then, but our futsal team has been playing some local tournaments and they've been spanking everybody, even with the uh, uh, junior players. So that's a good feeling. We have some up and coming, really good players in, in our futsal. Handball, we won against Sequin Ball, forty-five to twenty-six. We spanked them pretty good. And then I think tomorrow we play in the national, in the international level, uh, the first uh, for the group stage of the EAGF uh, uh, Liga Cup. So we need to win uh, those games to move on to the group stage, and um, and that's that's all. I mean, our ladies, the national team, they beat Israel for nothing. So we in first place after tying in uh, against Turkey, one-one. So we are in first place of that group. But now it comes the tough games against Germany, so that's that's a very competitive team. They won not nothing against their last opponent, um, and that's all I have from the Lilats. Cool. Um, thank you, that Steph, as always. Um, let me just go on to our next game. We play Maritimo at finally a reasonable time at seven p.m. Um, Portuguese time. Maritimo currently sit 11th with six points. Annoying ass time for the States because it's still like, I'm just going to have to cut out our work at two o'clock. I mean, it's what that means. Instead of like four, which is like less egregious than cutting out at two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But like, I mean, the last, what, two uh, League of Wing games have been, what, 9 p.m. kickoff? And staying up to like 11 o'clock is just like not good for me, especially when I got like, work at seven in the morning. But um, but yeah, uh, Steph, what were your predictions of this game? Um, do you think we're going to struggle, or do you think it should be an easy win? We're playing against Maritim at home, right? On Friday, two p.m. Yeah, and Maritim has been regaining their composure, but we should we should definitely. I think having Quats back is <laughs> it's it's a blessing from the skies. Uh, I just hope Sporting buys another. Top performer center back before he retires. Uh, but I would say I'm gonna say three nothing sporting. Uh, 
And I'm going to say Paulinho again because I want to score so badly. <laughs> Even though I most likely won't score, but I'm going to say uh, Paulinho with a hat trick. Damn, definitely <laughs> from left field. Uh, Chris, <laughs> what, what do you think of your prediction? What do you think of the predictions? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, Moritima is playing a little bit better now, and we don't have to go to the, uh, I guess, Nacional Stadium, right? Because that's where they've been playing. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's easier than, than that whole trip, which is already comp one of the more complicated trips without it being uh, on. Like, yeah, we're playing at home. So, yeah. like, I'm just saying the Moritima trip is not easy even without, like, uh, the worst field ever. Um but yes, but at the same time, we also have like the worst field ever. So we'll see how that holds up after yet another game. Um, yeah, but I still like us to get a result, uh, two nothing. Uh, and for goal scorers, I will go Paulinho and Palinha. The the banger is, it, is this it? Yeah, yeah, this is it. <laughs> okay, uh, if if you get that, I'll give you like three extra points, <laughs> just just because. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go two nothing, and I think Sarabia is going to get on the score sheet. I think he's he's due a goal, and I think he's going to be like a screamer. And I think uh, I'll go with Coates from a header because I mean that just usually happens quite a lot. But yeah, um, I'll update the the league table. I keep forgetting, so, so I do apologise. I'll tweet that out probably tomorrow when that's all updated, and we'll just see the. Um, the revised standings. Um, no one got points to the Ajax game, surprisingly. <laughs> no one guessed 5 1, or no one guessed um, Paulinho's goal score either, I don't think. But, um, but yeah, uh, I'll update those again. That's tweeted out. And I don't think there's anything left to say. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we go off? I, I just hope that uh, we win against Maritim and then uh, I have a question for you guys. Okay. It's really a simple one. And uh, how do you think we should play in Germany for the uh, second game of the uh, UEFA Cup? Would you maintain the 3-4-3 or you would change it to a 4-4-2 uh, or 4-5-1? It depends if we have Anasio, right? Because we can't go to Germany with Matthias Reyes or Neto starting, I, I don't think, and not get physically assaulted. <laughs> by Holland, who scores like two goals a game. <laughs> I mean, I think we should keep the same formation, but just like in terms of tactically, just park. Both. Yeah, because I actually like us like att attacking going forward against Dortmund because they do seem like they do concede goals at the back. But if we're so vulnerable, like we're not. If it's a seven-goal game, we're not going to win. I don't think. Yeah, we'll, so we'll lose four-three or something, four-two. Like we, I, if it gets crazy like that, I don't like our odds. But I also don't like our odds playing with three at the back and Mateus Reyes and Luis Neto. So I think it totally depends on what our personnel is looking like health-wise at, at, uh, in like a week and a half's time. I have to be completely honest. The 5-1 against the Ajax at home completely, completely killed me. I don't like losing, but losing 5-1 at home, it was hard to swallow, you know. So And then I don't want to go to Germany and get spanked. And there we go again, Befikistas and Portistas making fun of us. <laughs> and I understand because we do the same thing. So I get it. I get it. Now, that that um, I think it's uh it's it's that's the way it should be. I don't I don't condemn them for making fun of us because we do the same thing. But I just hope we don't get spanked to Germany and me, I would prefer to play in a four four two. 
This is just me. I would be more conservative. Yeah, fair enough. And I'm not sure if anyone else in the the, the streaming was at our sort of Twitter uh, Twitter live thing that we did. But it was actually considering we lost, it was actually good time. Steph got his feelings off his chest. We all spoke to Nuno and <laughs> Zach Lowey was in there as well. I mean, it, it was good fun considering what the score was. But I think we probably the only think... good part of like that like two and a half hour stretch. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> between think like definitely... three and six p.m. Eastern time. I know. <laughs> We should definitely get on that more often because that was actually a great fun. And if, like, say we don't have time to do a podcast during the week, we can just all hop on Twitter Spaces and just just share our feelings. It was it was good fun. Uh, Steph, you were brilliant in it. I, I will say, uh, even though it came at a loss, I was a little bit buzzed. And then when I'm buzzed, <laughs> it's out flowing, you know. And now just say whatever I'm saying. <laughs> I was pissed. I was really pissed. I mean. Yeah. Getting spanked like that at, at home, and that's what bothers me the most. At work, it's pretty bad, but, but at home, I mean, who got a meme after them? What's his oh, name? Oh, uh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Frujo, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, boy, Kevin, I mean, I, I would have I been the same way with that face, you know. Hey, like, he looks good in his Escudo Champions League kit, brand new. It looks great. With the mask on his chin. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, he's taken it in stride, to be fair. It's got it as his profile picture. So, I mean, he, he obviously. He obviously yeah, he's owned it, it well. He's owned it well. Yeah, Kevin is a cool kid. But, you know, <laughs> look at Danny. He flew all the way from Canada. To, to watch his first Champions League game at, at Avalon and and he, we got spent 5-1. It's a memory he wants to forget now. Yeah, definitely a memorable trip, but probably for the wrong reasons. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it all looked like having fun. You know, we saw um, Lauren and Danny together and Kevin. Oh, nice. They got together? And, yeah. And do you remember Aaron Barton from Proxima Jornada and, yeah. and Irish Sam? They all, they all met and, I mean, it sounded like a good time. Oh, that's pretty cool stuff. Oi. Oi. That's cool. We, we definitely need to get him in Portugal maybe this summer or if we can sooner. We'll yeah, ask. I'm trying next year because I'm going to turn 50. And the goal is to celebrate my 50th anniversary uh, birthday in Portugal. And, of course, I'm going to have to watch a couple games as well. Yeah, we'll definitely try to, to get out there. But, um, I'll take the train. From from where? Whereabouts would you take the I'll train? Pay, just like from, from New York. <laughs> <laughs> the TGV, the TGV. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll probably get the train as well from probably Viseu or, or somewhere. Along I know you guys now had the one the, the the underwater tunnel well, from the UK to uh, to France and then uh, straight to Portugal. Yeah, I, I don't like it though because the journey is like twenty six hours altogether. So like obviously the train and then the drive through France and Spain. Wow. Yeah, I think it was a twenty six hour drive. Yeah, it depends nice. depends on the company then, huh? Yeah. What's the fastest you've made it, Steph? <laughs> you get it in 18? <laughs> yeah. Have you done it before? Yeah, same, uh, same. So we did it once, and because it took so long, that was when I was like 12. So it was like oh. my parents. Because it took so long, we decided to get so a, a ferry from Portsmouth in South England to Santander in Spain. And then it was like a, like a 24-hour boat journey, but it was like just nice to relax, didn't have to do anything. And then a five-hour drive from Santander to Viseu. So, I mean, definitely better, but like, I mean, 
I just hate being in the car for that long. Like I'm six foot two. I don't fit in like most cars properly. And okay. it's most of it just, just, too, just very uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'd probably get a, a plane to be honest. I, I'm all right. All right for that, to be fair. But yeah. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts before we wrap things up? I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Just a uh, shout out, by the way, to our SoundCloud listeners. We found out the other day. In a week, we had 579 plays, which, I mean, wasn't on just the current episodes. It was from episodes from, from the Bananence game and, you know, some other games we had in the past, Brilliant Cavalier podcast, etc. So we're getting a lot of views. Thank you, everyone. Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Sporting160 underscore EN. Follow us on Twitter. Follow Steph and Chris and even Danny and some of the people that are in this chat on Twitter. Thank you all for joining us, and we shall see you next time. Peace. Yeah.